Hello, beautiful. How are you? And how are you taking care of yourself today? I am Heidi Elster, a Midwestern mama who's been there. I have felt, healed, cried, and journaled through a dozen years of change. Think divorce, mom guilt, unemployment, people-pleasing, to embracing the love and the joy of my life. And at the end, I discovered something even more miraculous than Nutella, my joyful purpose. I am your self-awareness storytelling mom fairy, and I create playful tools and share transformative inner lessons like today's show through the power of story to walk alongside fellow people pleasers to liberate their joy from self-defeating patterns. All right. So today we are going to be talking about perfectionism. First, I always like to start with how are you and how are you taking care of yourself today? Myself, I have uh, a cup of water here. I've been getting all sorts of messages from the universe as my days get longer. My sleep gets a little bit less this season to uh, keep on the hydration train. So I've been up in my tea, herbal tea intake. And today I've just got some nice fresh water here after walking uh, the dogs and getting a little energy in my bones and out of their bones uh, before this show. So we'd love to know if you're catching the replay, how you are and how you are taking care of yourself today. And if you have any questions about today's show, feel free to pop them in the chat and tag me either on Facebook or YouTube. And you can always reach out to me at howdy at HeidiEster.com. All right. So we are going to start with a story. Yep. It's called Toothpicks and Tweezers. Are you ready? Okay. So it was the height of the pandemic lockdown. And I thought to myself, you know what? Now I can really get some things done around here. Which meant my house. Which translates to, how can I really clean it? Not just like clean it, but really clean it. So I set up a cleaning schedule because really what else to do with cranky teenagers making a mess with all of their hot lunches, then making them responsible for some of cleaning up some of their stuff. Inevitably, no matter what task was before me, I would always take the longest time, even if I had the smallest area, like take the kitchen, for example. I would clean the stove and the mixer and the microwave, some fridge shelves in the sink. And that would take longer than everybody else in the whole house, like cleaning the whole house. But I got to tell you something, my cleaning tool of choice, the toothpick. 
I'd use it to get like all those tiny little crevices where that gunk like sets in. <sighs> so I do have to amend, I would also use tooth brushes. And now if you think about it, the toothpick and the toothbrush have the word tooth in it. So they're really mostly geared towards, you get it, cleaning your teeth, not cleaning areas of your house. Okay, let's take the bathroom. Now, while I wear minimal makeup, I can somehow disappear in there for like 20 minutes at a time, which is pretty dangerous in my house because we only share one bathroom here. So what what happens to me in there? So during the pandemic, yes, around the same time I would be cleaning the kitchen with my toothpick and toothbrush, I got myself a 10 times magnification makeup mirror. But no, I don't use it for makeup. I use it to feel around and address all my various chin hairs, which just to let you know, are not all on the chin or the neck of this lady. So tweezers, my third T tool of choice. How did I learn all this stuff? Well, my mom was, I just want to say, so desperately saddened to find out she was not an Enneagram One, which is called the perfectionist, she threw out that personality test as fake news, just totally. So this is just to give you a little idea of where the toothpick and tweezers tendencies came from. But honey, I am a full grown adult and I put the toothpicks and the toothbrushes and the tooth and the tweezers in my hands. I do it myself. And I can take them out. Okay. That is my story. I want to talk a little bit before we get into how to make peace with perfectionism. I want to talk about whether or not perfectionism is helpful or hurtful. What do you think? Do you think it's helpful or hurtful in general or in your life? I would love to know. You throw it, throw it in the chat or email me. Let me know what you're thinking about perfectionism. Personally, I think it's pretty helpful for some. I think of people like surgeons, tailors, and people who build anything that carries people around in the sky or saves their life. So you need to have a lot of perfection in some of those like technology, when you're making equipment that is life-saving, when you're making airplanes and spaceships, all that stuff, super important, right? Life-saving. Surgeons, yes, strive for perfection all the time. But a lot of us aren't in those categories, right? A lot of us are not in the surgeon tailor, airplane builder categories. So chasing after perfect is going 
to deplete your energy resources and your time resources more than you even think of it. It's kind of like a sneaky energy drain. You feel like you're being super productive. And honestly, you're just spending a lot more time on something that was already, you know, good enough. And I'm going to talk about that good enough, the good enough principle um, after this. So perfect, you know, in your life probably makes a really good like TikTok or Insta reel or like a Facebook story or even a time-lapse video on YouTube. Yeah, because like, but unless you have dedicated your life to entertaining others so they can review your perfection as like satisfying. My kids always use that word satisfying before they swipe or scroll on. That's not worth it. I don't think a lot of us are dedicating our lives to entertaining people on social media. And so here's the big rub that I have with perfection. And I want to hear what you think about it. Okay. Are you ready? I think perfection is a cage. It's a cage that keeps you from living your wildness and your life. It is a cage not of your own making. It is a cage that was put before you and it's made from other people's values. You're living out values in that cage of perfection that you did not consciously choose. So, like, for example, do you ever wonder why there are so many more female beauty products on the market than men's? Now, I know that's catching up. But still, is 100% of our population meant to be models? No. We're not. And so what are those? Like, is it 100% of our population meant to have meticulous lawns? No. These are perfectionistic cages. These are cages made from the values that somebody else and society has built for you to spend your time and your energy and your focus on so that you can take the focus off of what is really entirely most important, which is your joy, your time, your inner wild. These are the holes and the cages that our society digs for us. Perfectionism is another one of them. I think perpetuating mom guilt is another cage that society gives us to focus on, you know, trying to catch up and, you know, feed the perfectionism cage also. So it's double K, double whammy, double cages. You're not meant to live a life in a cage of someone else's choosing. You were brought here for a specific, specific joy and a specific purpose that is yours to uncover and find. You have your own unique wild fire inside of you. Perfectionism is a way that'll keep you safe, it'll keep you tamed, it'll keep you dead. Now, of course, I'm not talking about surgeons and people who make life-saving equipment. And I'm talking about you and your soul. Okay. I would love to know what you think about perfectionism. That's personally what I think about perfectionism. Okay. Now we're going to move on. Making peace with perfection. So we all want to do our best. But when does our best 
hurt us. Okay, the first thing I want to talk about is the 80-20 principle. I'm sure many people, I, I don't know, I, I think many people have have heard about this principle and many people have championed this principle. I am the next. So you can say you have, say you have a goal. You can put 20% effort to get about 80% there. 80% in my school was the lowest B. You know what B is in my household? Acceptable. You know what is in most things? Acceptable. You know, you forgot to, you forgot to iron the shirt, but but it still looks fine. It just doesn't have the creases. That's 80%. That's probably 90%. You like, um, let's see another example. Yeah. You, you follow the recipe. You think for the most part and dinner turned out pretty good. 80%. You didn't spend extra time like getting out the scale to like weigh all of the different ingredients right? That gets you to the 100%, but it's going to taste the same. It's going to taste pretty much the same. You'll think it tastes different, but in reality, you are bypassing the shame monster, which we are going to get to later. So, all right. So that's the 80-20 principle. You can spend, now you can spend after that 20% more time, you can spend 80% more time to recoup the last 20%. So think about it. You could spend 20, like five minutes, right? five minutes on something to get 80% there. And let me see, do the math. So five, so um, 20. So you could spend like, you know, 20 more minutes to get 100% there. That's 80% more of your time for the return on investment is so much smaller. So if you're talking about being an efficient human, it's time to adopt a new mantra. Okay. Now, perfectionism is a great way to hide yourself also, right? Because think about it. You spend so much time, all that extra 80%, getting everything perfect, you don't need to address. You kind of just clear all the time away from addressing other things that are more important. It's a great way to not feel shame, right? If you feel like you're doing everything perfect. But guess what? You're not going to get to that perfect. Perfect is just some like illusion. And so you're still going to feel the shame anyway. So you might as well start to address it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about the ego today. All right. Let's see. Okay. So really, what we're talking about here is what is your goal? If you are not making life-saving equipment or, you know, planes for people to fly in or vaccines so people cannot die from COVID, what is your goal in life? Is it really to be perfect or could there be something more? Could there be another message? You don't want to die like, oh, Heidi, such a shame. She tried to be perfect. And that's all people remember. So how about a goal is to find out what you love, is to embrace your humanity, all the messiness. If your goal is to feel happier, feel good about yourself on the inside and have more time, then it's time to let go of perfection. 
Okay. And I want to give you, I want to give you a little heads up here. I have a spoiler alert for you. You are already perfect. Let me write that down. You are already You're already perfect. Yep. There's nothing you need to change about yourself and there's nothing you need to perfect about yourself and your life to claim it. I like to say I'm imperfectly perfect or perfectly imperfect because I'm me. I'm perfectly me. This is how I was made. I was made with weird achy hips for my mid forties and, uh, like a hairline that has started to recede. And I was like, what? Yeah. So I used to hide. I used to actually hide my hair during the pandemic. I had bangs and long hair and now I have short hair. And if I didn't embrace the fact that I was perfectly imperfect, then I wouldn't have let my hair like be a pixie and then sweep it and be okay with saying, you know what? My forehead's perfectly imperfect too. And it's getting bigger because my hairline's receding, even though I'm a woman and it's all okay. I'm perfectly imperfect. So just in case you need to hear it, you are already perfect. Okay. Here we go. Here's the steps. One, recognize that 80-20. After you get into a project, say, all right, what is the what is the 20% to get me 80% there? What is the 20% of the work to get 80% of the results? How can I let the rest go? So now, like with my chin hairs, I pluck for a few minutes and then I just let the rest go. In my kitchen, I like, you know, I'm trying, trying to hang up the toothpick and sometimes I'll give myself like a minute with the toothpick and I'll just wipe the counters and appliances and mop and let the rest go because I'm saving time for me to enjoy my life. Okay. So ego, ego is such a step two. ego, ego is such a hard driver to make sure that we try to get perfect, to make sure that we try to not feel shame. So this is how I have made peace with my ego. Okay. I do no longer use, I try to no longer use the words right and wrong and good and bad. I use practice. In my Peeling Your Onion course, I call this practice shoes. Everything you're doing is practice. There is no reason for us, we're not, we're not, built to just come here and be like, bestow like ratings upon everything. Not everything has to be like rotten tomatoes. We're meant here to feel and be messy and, and create beauty and joy in our lives. None of that has to do with being judgy. That's just a construct that we've created that another cage that we're in, that we can get out of. So take off your judgy pants. No more right and wrong, no more good and bad. There's things that are helpful for you on your way or that were not as helpful maybe. Uh, I call everything practice. 
I think everything is helpful in a way. Everything has a lesson. Okay. I love this third step because, I don't know, I call it be like frozen. Okay. So when you catch yourself in the perfectionistic loop, like having to have everything perfect, like I used to spend an entire week cleaning my house before my parents came. I And sometimes when they came, you know what? I'd be like flat on my back with a freaking migraine. So I wouldn't even be able to enjoy it. Like I would have all this home cooked food and the kids would be well rested, but I was flat on my back. And like they came, I'd be like, thanks for taking the kids. I need to go sleep. You know, and so that's no good. Making perfect is no good. All I had to do was do that 20%. Instead, I did the extra 80%. And I lost out on valuable time with my parents. And I'm no longer doing that. I'm not no longer losing valuable time with the people who are most important to me. Even in this weird in-between space that I'm in as a starting artist. Notice I didn't say starving because, right, that's judgmental. I don't do judgy pets. I'm a starting artist and a healer. Okay. Okay. So be like frozen. You got to let something go. So when you find yourself doing that extra 80, contemplate your motivation, right? Why are you doing all of that work? Where does that come from? Where does that cage come from? Think about it. Most of the time that cage comes from trying to please others, at least in, in my book, trying to you know, trying to make sure my kids have a perfect life or like my guests are completely comfortable. So where does that come from? So be like frozen, figure out what your motivations are and let them go. Let them go. All right. The next step, I absolutely love this step, create space. So I think this is a, one of the best solutions to calm down your ego and bring your heart forward. So kind of letting your ego take the back seat, a la Elizabeth Gilbert, and bringing your heart forward. So create space for stillness in your life. You, the human being, not the human doing, okay? Spend time with yourself without having to accomplish anything. You can try meditation, like go for, you know, f- go spend some time in nature, Try some breathing. Just start with like five minutes just for you. You creating space to to feel and listen to yourself is one of the best gifts that you can give yourself. If you do this enough, you start you start to hear and listen to all sorts of miraculous things, which we talk about in Peeling Your Onion. So if you don't have five minutes a day to spend with yourself, I just want to let you know you're not living your life for you. You're living your life for other people. And that's a whole other ballgame. But I will first suggest my self-care for helpers workshop so that you can learn to start taking care of yourself while helping other people like your kids or your students or your parents. Another great thing, if, if you don't really like just sitting doing nothing, may I suggest soul tasking? So doing one thing at a time and trying to enjoy that one thing at a time. If you're eating a sandwich, enjoy the crunchy lettuce. If you're taking a walk, enjoy the blue sky. You know, if you're cuddling in bed, enjoy that those nice, cold, smooth sheets under your skin. 
turn off your phone, right? If you're playing with your kid, just play with your kid. Just talk with your mom. Okay, next up. This is a hard one. I cover this in Peeling Your Onion in a larger extent. It's about feelings. It's about practicing giving yourself grace and acceptance and time, yes, to feel your feelings. This is part of your perfectly imperfectness is all the feelings. Also known as your hot messness, maybe. I know it was my hot messness. So practice giving yourself grace and acceptance to feel your feelings. Give yourself some time. We are not meant to be like, you know, doing bots. We're not human doings. We're human beings. All right. And last, but very, very not least, I just want to let you know that perfectionism is a journey and not a destination. So these things take time. All right. Please send me your questions at howdy at HeidiEster.com. I am sending you love, light, and laughter. Until next time. Thank you.